passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports. We hope that you guys are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. Massive. I'm talking about absolutely massive show here tonight for you. Rafino's Rants. Walker Howard, buddy. The grass isn't always greener. <laughs> oh, man. The grass isn't always greener. I didn't see that comment, Pooh. I, I, didn't, I didn't see that comment. Uh, but right out the gate, if Pooh Bear's bringing up a comment, you know it must be good. From this old vet on YouTube says, did we pick up someone else today or some or else special today? Um, unless you know the AYS deep dark secrets and the moves that we've made today, then no. <laughs> they see me rolling, they hating, patrolling and trying to catch me riding dirty. Uh, yes, we... Did the rumors are true? We did. We might have signed a little nil deal. We'll 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 see. We'll see. You're welcome. But either way, Rafino's rants. As uh, Spencer, what, what's the kid's name again? Pooh, the kid that went to Ole Miss, the kid from Oklahoma State. Why am I missing his name? Sanders, Spencer Sanders, in it commits to Ole Miss. We'll touch on that. Why did walk? Why does it seem like Walker really left? We'll touch on that. 
Omar Speets, the inside middle backer from Oregon State, the first team all Pac-12 uh, inside linebacker commits to LSU. Jacques Doucet officially broke that news here today. Uh, we'll talk on him. What does it mean for LSU? Does LSU really have any more holes now as LSU has signed 11 guys from the transfer portal? What's crazy enough, 10 of them are from the defensive side of the ball. So Brian Kelly not holding any punches on what he thinks this team needs. And I'm going to be honest, guys, this team's a lot more dangerous. This this team's dangerous, man. Playoff picture. L- <laughs> I'm telling you, LSU's in this playoff picture. LSU is going to be in this playoff picture. So big day for them. Uh, we will have time for tonight, Pooh. Don't before we get off of here tonight, and I want to get your thoughts on this too, Pooh Bear. Pete Carmichael, John uh, Hendricks, our good buddy over at Sports Illustrated, broke the news or broke some news today. Was part of uh, breaking some news along with Mike Triplett. Pete Carmichael staying on as the offensive coordinator uh, with the New Orleans Saints. Um, I will tell you, it is one of the. It, I, I'm kind of to the point where I, I'm like beyond mad, right? Like, like I, I part of my Rafino's rants wanted to be on, on, on teeing off on Pete Carmichael and the Saints organization. We might even do that. But what an absolute dumb move. Like, it, it, it look, I'm, I'm not going to ca- call for Mickey Loomis to be fired in the, in the slightest. I think that his graces. Like, it's going to have to get much worse for me to start ranting that on here. But at the bottom line, you got to fire Pete Pete Carmichael. Like, my dude needs to be at a Baskin-Robbins serving all 64 flavors. I don't know if they got 64 flavors, but if they got 32, give them two scoops of that thing. The dude needs to be a Baskin-Robbins or a really fine establishment like Red Lobster. Pete Carmichael has no business whatsoever being the OC of the New Orleans Saints. We'll touch on that tonight. Wilson Alexander from The Advocate joins us at 630. Memphis Spence joins us at 645. And if we have time, we'll do some NFL picks and playoffs. Pooh Bear will give you his bets of the week. Which we've been, I, I keep forgetting every time. Maybe there's some parlays that we can hit. Uh, poo, poo. I'm taking, I'm taking the Bengals and the points. Screw it, screw it. Here, oh my bad. We can put it back up. Uh, but e- either way, either way, uh, I'm gonna take them. We'll get to that tonight, and as we do on every Tuesday and Thursday, hashtag Ask Blake. If you have any questions, thoughts, concerns, we will get to as many of them as we can. Ryan Williams over the Drake Williams Law Firm. My man's coming to watch the fights over here with me this weekend. He better not back out. He better not back out. I'm going to be roasting him on Twitter. Uh, but the UFC f- fights are on this weekend. It's going to be really fun to watch those. He says, it's 31 flavors, bro. I don't know, man. I, like, I don't go. Like, let, dude, I'm a, like... I'm a chip guy. Like, I like eating Cheetos, Doritos, Fritos. It's like, I'm like, Pooh, what's the girl, the lady's name? I got greens, beans, tomatoes, t- lamb, ham, raw dog. <laughs> raw dog. <laughs> oh, God. I'm not a uh, Pastor Shirley Caesar. That's it. 
passa. Uh, but I'm like her with the chips, man. I, I'm not a big, I'm not a big sweets guy. But when I, in my past, when I was in college, and I like to uh, dabble in some greenery, I love some sweets, but not anymore. I, I, I am a strong Christian man in my Catholic faith. Uh, Michael Blanco, <laughs> Pooh Bear rolls his uh, Michael Blanco says we need a good three-game parlay. Pooh can get it to you. I'm going to do the fights this weekend. I'm going to do this fights this weekend. That's what I think I'm going to pick. Marvin Mackey says, bro, I just slobbed. Uh, massive pause. <laughs> massive pause. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Paul says, Ryan, it's 64 flavors if we're using Franklin, uh, Franktown math. Hashtag Franktown math. Well, I, I just got to throw this out there. Our good buddy, our good friend. Uh, 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 Cortez Hankton was in, was in Franktown today making some moves. I hear that maybe an offer is going to be coming around the horizon for some people out there in Franktown. So Franktown, what it do? <laughs> Franktown, what it do? Shout out to, um, shout out to coach Cortez Hankton. H-Town Creole says this old, uh, this old vet speech is that dude. I really wish they uh, have got the UGA middle linebacker, but that was that was in the portal. But Speeds is a really guys. He's he's really good, man. Um, was a was a freshman All American. Was I mean really turned it on this year? Had eighty three tackles. I mean, has guys in his career has three hundred and four tackles. Twenty five of those tackles being for loss. Has three interceptions. Can it translate to the SEC? We'll see, but he's instantly now your day one starter. He's next to Greg Penn. He's that dude. So, <laughs> I mean, he's that dude. So, you got, I mean, now you're filling holes. We'll talk about that as the show goes on. All right. We do got a lot that we have to talk about. Let's get into that right now. But everybody do us a favor before we get started. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. So many of you listening to us live on Facebook. Do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share all of those Facebook groups. Share all of those all of your social media pages. We greatly appreciate you doing that. If you're listening to us on YouTube, like, subscribe, notification bell. We're doing a lot more content. We're doing those shorts or whatever it's called. Like, I don't even know what those are called. We're doing a lot more of those. So you can subscribe, hit the notification bell. You'll get one. And don't forget to subscribe to the Rafino and Joe show as we talk about the SEC and college football as well. If you listen to us on the TuneIn app, and especially our good friends over at XM Radio, big shout out to them and what everything that they're doing with us. We appreciate that. And anywhere you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe as well. All right, let's get to our first break. Let's talk about our good friends over betonline.ag. What does it mean that Omar Speets has committed to LSU? Now you're in the playoff picture. Now you're in the playoff hunt when it comes to week one. We'll talk about that next. Walker Howard, grass isn't always greener. See you in one minute. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live 
in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. With over 65 years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Vardo and Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motor chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. If you break down the side of the road in the greater Baton Rouge area, they will come and get you. And the best thing about that is that they can come and get you and then they can bring your vehicle back to their shop and start the repairs right then. Again, GM Varno and Sons, go see them over at 2500 Full Boulevard. Give them a call at 225-664-9992. 225-664-9992. Tell them you good friend, Blake Rafina. Sit you on by. All right, everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Don't be a square. Hit the like and share. Uh, Holden Lee, let's get this thing rolling, y'all. He says, Holden says on YouTube, Omar is a beast, just needs more exposure. Well, I mean, I think he got some pretty fair exposure. I mean, look, if you want to see this kid flying all over the field, go watch the USC game from this past season. He went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I think... If I'm not mistaken, I read this stat from a buddy of mine who works at SiriusXM out in San Diego. And when the news broke today that Speeds was coming to LSU, he sent me a text and he said, "Did you, Blake? Did you know that Omar Speeds was?" And let's so let's talk about. It. We'll we'll roll into it. Omar Speeds was the number one linebacker in the country that made the most solo tackles on running plays. Let me repeat that. Omar Speets was the number one linebacker in the country that had the most solo tackles in the running game. So let's talk about some. I mean, look, you got Georgia linebackers out there, Bama linebackers. You got Baskerville that was out there doing some really good things. I mean, name the linebacker. Speets beat them in, in in the run game for solo tackles. So it's not like he's just jumping on the pile like a kid in junior high so his name will get announced over the loudspeaker this isn't an assisted tackle the dude is really really good in the running game as time has gone on since he's been at Oregon State he's done much 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 better in coverage he's very deceptive in the way that he blitzes he's very deceptive in his speed and how he covers he's 6'1 237 pounds guys that's what the NFL draft or that's what the NFL had him listed as. That's what Oregon ha- Oregon State had him listed as. Big body guy that can really run. Talking to an NFL scout today, they thought that he was going to come out into the draft. This is just a little bit, you know, not having combine workout just from film. I talked with the NFL scout on my way home uh, tonight about an hour ago, and he was telling me that, look, we would easily take him mid-second round right now without a combine without an interview, like the kid's been that good. Now, the question has been, you know, LSU has struggled with transfer linebackers. Nate, pick one, you, you know who they are. But I still think that Jabril Cox was pretty good in what he did when he transferred from North Dakota State. I still think Mike Jones gave you some really quality reps last season before he got beat out. You've had some good dudes there. This guy is cut from a different cloth, though. 
you're talking about going and getting an All-American from a P5 school, right? So when you're able to go out and get a, an All-American, the question will always resonate, how does that translate into the SEC? Well, when you look at stuff like run stuffs or run stuffs, run stops, pass coverage, and PFF breaks him down, and he's literally and probably should have been the Pac-12's best defensive player. Guys, he should he would have been and was on the the linebacker. What was it? Uh, what's the linebacker award, Pooh, that he was on? He was like a, a a top finalist. I mean, this is more like you getting a top tier guy. This isn't something that you're getting a guy that you have to kind of really worry about. But regardless, he is going to be a day one starter right next to Greg Penn. Uh, the Buckus Award. That's it. The Buckus Award. The other thing that this does, and the other thing that it takes his stress off of LSU on, is now with Omar Speed's committing to LSU, you're not having to move Harold Perkins back into the middle or into the middle. You can let him do what he's born to do. Get after the passer just be an outright playmaker. That's what he's going to be able to do. And that's going to be a big thing when it comes down to having the personnel. The point, um, the point that I think that Brian Kelly sent with what he did in recruiting and what he did in the transfer portal. Guys, there's so many players that are in the portal that hit the portal that LSU could have gone after. They signed one offensive player, 10 guys defensively. I think you know what Brian Kelly was trying to achieve. They want to go more up-tempo offensively that Jane Daniels was really successful at. You had depth at all three positions now. Now you're ready to roll. And now on paper, well, let's see what happens in the spring. Let's see what happens this upcoming fall. You've got a long time. But now when you look at this defense on paper, because it's pretty freaking good. Last year, you had a lot of questions. Where would more pass rush come from? Did you have a guy in the interior if one of them went down? Like, we talked about this part at nauseam last year. If one of the defensive tackles went down, could Makai Wingo step up? Well, he did. You return Mason Smith. You get Paris Shan. You get two edge rushers that you can that you can play with. You obviously have Harold Perkins. You have the top edge rusher or top or, or one or two, wherever you want to put Deshaun Womack, one of the best Ed, Rush, Ed Rushers in the country that you signed a bona fide five-star that's already on campus, already working out, even though he's got a little bit of an injury, doing some things, doing rehab, doing treatment. Guys, this defense could be scary. Now, we've talked a lot about offense on this show. We talked about it a lot last night after the basketball game. I know that you're returning a lot, but, man, you've got a lot of talent. You got a lot of talent. Uh, Lamar says, no, no, Blake, we need another linebacker. Pressure, you got nine, you got eight scholarships. Now, what you're saying is you need better. You don't need more. Right? Like, there's a difference in needing more versus needing better. He says, in D-line, I feel we're more comfortable. I agree with you there. But you do have a lot of like bodies there. You have depth there. Now, do you have quality depth? That part I don't know yet. That part I do not know yet. But in reference to having bodies that you've rotated in and out, guys, you had three guys that have started. Three guys that have started. Um, Pooh says, I want Des Moines Kennedy as well from Alabama. 
maybe you can go and get him. You know, like, man. Mm. Pooh, I don't think we're getting him. <laughs> I kind of thought about it. I, mean, I, don't, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you're right. I wanted to. I, I mean, I, what's funny though? Did you see? Speaking of Demoy Kennedy, did you see he posted all of his visits and said, "If you want," he the last sentence he said, "If you," he deleted the tweet because he got ripped for it. He goes, "If you want a piece of this magic, call me." <laughs> He posted all of his visits and said, if you want a piece of this magic. <laughs> oh, that was funny. That was funny. Regardless, you, now you're in a position where you got all your start. Now, will you have to work some things out at corner? Yeah. I think J.K. Johnson might be one of the fastest players on this team. I mean, he certainly thinks that he may be. So does Zy Alexander. I mean, you got you just got dudes now. You, you got dudes. So I feel much more comfortable, and I know that you feel much more comfortable about all of it. But I want to get to – I will get to this Walker Howard thing in just a minute. But let me say this, and this goes and, – and you're going to get nauseated. You're going to be like, man, why is he talking about this again? But it is so refreshing, though, if you're an LSU fan or you're a booster or you're an alumni – that if something doesn't go LSU's way, that your head coach has a backup plan. And a damn good one. How many times has, has LSU been in recruiting or been doing anything in football? Even, you know, take even if you want to take 2019 out of it. But there's been so many times LSU has missed on somebody in recruiting and not had a backup plan. Brian Kelly maybe misses on somebody or somebody that they want doesn't come here. They have legit backup plans for if something doesn't work and something doesn't happen. How That happens because, number one, you put a really good staff around you. This recruiting staff, whether it be uh, Bobby, whether it be Jordan Arsenal, whether it be J.R. Belton, whether it be Sherman Wilson, who's who's really been a part of this defensive uh, onslaught of guys, whether it be Will Redmond, like regardless of who it is, that's run down from Brian Kelly, right? Like he's the guy that put all this together. The reason that they're able to have a backup plan is because when you meet with him and you have an idea of what's going on and you're just, you know that... You're not arrogant enough. Let me just say, like, like Brian Kelly's not arrogant to not enough to not have a backup plan. And now it just feels like to me that you have a grown-up that sits in that chair. You have a grown-up that sits in that seat. That if something doesn't go our way, we can pivot. Like in episodes of Friends, we can pivot. That's very commendable, man. Like, I sit here... And just think to myself, like, that's what you want in a head coach. Now you got all your defensive starters and backups and depth and guys that we're going to have to rotate and play. It's a great problem to have. Great problem to have. Now, I do want to mention this because today uh, it was announced that Spencer Sanders, the four-year starter at Oklahoma State, committed to Ole Miss. Last night I had a lot of people kind of getting on to me about this Walker Howard thing. About, well, Blake, he's going to be a number two guy. Well, 
look, Jackson Start still is still there. The transfer portal has closed. Now you have three quarterbacks that are at Ole Miss. Do you really think that Jackson Dart didn't know that Lane Kiffin and company were recruiting quarterbacks? And where is he going to go? Because the rule states, once you transfer, unless he's going to be a grad transfer somewhere or something happens, he would have to transfer and sit out somewhere. Now, how JT Daniels keeps getting away with it, that I don't really know. Maybe he can you know, take something out of that playbook. I, you know, I don't know. Bottom line, Walker Howard went from a situation at LSU behind Jane Daniels, behind Garrett Nussmeyer, and you can say whatever you want to go to a situation to where he's going to be behind Spencer Sanders and behind Jackson Dart. Guys, it's the same situation. You can, I know that your brain is a little fuzzy right now behind this Walker Howard stuff. Like, I get it. You're emotional behind it. You wanted him to be at LSU. But <clears throat> let's call it what it is. Did you think that Walker Howard didn't ask about Spencer Sanders? Do you think Jamie didn't ask about Spencer Sanders? I mean, it's been publicized. It's been, it's been talked about so publicly that Spencer Sanders was going down to Ole Miss or he was going to Auburn. And, and today, he a four-year starter at a P5 program, one snap away from being a Big 12 winning, Big 12 conference winning quarterback. You got dual quarterbacks that have committed to your team. You have an, the, the incumbent starter returning. I think the kid just didn't want to be here. Because if you wanted to be... If you wanted to be here, you wouldn't have gone to a program that's putting you in almost the same exact position. I know you're emotional behind it right now, but you can tell, like anybody can tell me whatever they want. Like I could hear it from, straight from the horse's mouth, but sometimes these actions speak louder than words. So you can blame Joe Sloan. You can blame Brian Kelly. Here's the guy that y'all blamed the most and you hadn't even apologized for. You can blame Jane Daniels and another guy that who it really kind of came down to who doesn't deserve any blame because all he's doing out is, is coming out here and competing is Garrett Nussmeyer. You put, you, don't, you put blame on him. The only blame to go around here would be Walker Howard. Guy's the rival. The grass is not always going to be greener on the other side, bud. It's just not. Most of you, most of you in here right now. So the 240 of you that's listening to us live via stream, the other 207 of you that's listening to us on the radio or the tune-in app. The, the, bot, the bottom line is this. Okay, and I want all of you to listen to me, look at me, listen to me. LSU is going to be okay. LSU is going to be okay behind Walker Howard not being here. They just are. So, hopefully, it's the last time that we have to talk about it. But he's in the same. He's back into the same situation. Can he start? Can he play? That I don't know. Maybe he will start. 
I don't think you bring in Spencer Sanders, a four-year starter, if you're going to bring in Walker Howard to start. I think Lane would have told Jackson Dart that, listen, we're going to get a couple more guys that we think that can start. You might want to look somewhere else. Ole Miss could have released him from his from his scholarship. They didn't. It, it, it's a, whether you like it or not. It's gonna. It's the same situation. All right. A couple comments before we get to Wilson Alexander. We got one minute, and then we'll get to him. Dwayne Joseph says, "Y'all find out Jaden is not as good as y'all think." I prefer Nuss. Well, that's good for you, but it doesn't change the topic that what we have and what we're discussing. Spencer Sanders and the we'll, we'll, that'll be the first question I ask Wilson out of this break. You have Spencer Sanders that's now at Ole Miss. You have Walker Howard that's now at Ole Miss. And now, and obviously the incumbent Jackson Dart. To me, it feels a lot of the same situation, obviously, other than if Jackson Dart transfers. But again, the rule, like I I posted on Twitter today, the rule states like you have the one-time freebie. He goes somewhere else, he's going to have to sit out. I don't think Jackson Dart's going to do that. I don't think Jackson Dart's going to do that. All right, last one. Um... Jamar Jackson says one player doesn't make or break a team. I agree with that. Unless your name's Joe Burrow. <laughs> I, I've seen Joe Burrow walk on water. I've seen it. Like, I, 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 I've seen him part of Red Sea. I've seen him I've seen him walk out of a press room and like light, like heavenly light was shining on him. It's just truth. Ask Wilson. We'll talk to him next. Talk about our good friends over at Granco, though. TheGranco.com. We return in one minute. Wilson Alexander from The Advocate joins us next. Guys, I've got to talk to you about our good friends over at Gramco. They are the Delta company based out of the state of Florida. They're founded by college football junkies just like you and I, and I am not sure if you're familiar with Delta 8, but you need to be. Gramco is the absolute leader in this field, and they have phenomenal products that I just need to tell you about. First off is the Wake and Bake coffee that is absolutely spectacular. The gummies are as well as they're the best in the market. So go to thegramco.com. Right now, and use the promo code AYS25. That's thegramco.com, AYS25 promo code to get 25% off of your order. Jump on this fast as it is perfect for holidays, anniversaries, and everyday use. Gramco is hemp-derived and completely legal inside of the state of Louisiana. No medical card is needed, and shipping is very discreet. You must be 21 years older to order. Again, that's thegramco.com. Use that promo code AYS25. All right, we're joined now by our good friend Wilson Alexander from The Advocate. Wilson, what's going on, man? How are we doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well. How are you, Blake? Well, it's been a busy day. You know, Wilson, we went the whole week without, I mean, yeah, I guess maybe Walker Howard, but that's just like one thing. And then all of a sudden, it just all chaos kind of started breaking loose here today. It's been really fun. Look, Wilson, I'm going to give you the floor on this one. Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma State transfers to Ole Miss. Walker Howard also transfers to Ole Miss. What do you make of all this? It is a bit bit peculiar when you kind of compare the situation that he left at LSU to the one that he entered at Ole Miss. On the surface and just on their face, they look really similar in that you've got a returning starter. You've got um, now a at Ole Miss, you know, a, a transfer and and that's also maybe ahead of you, at least certainly in terms of experience. Obviously, with LSU, you had two guys ahead of you as well. Um, but maybe it is, a, it is a little bit different if we dig into it because 
you know, Sanders might be the comp to uh, Jaden Daniels and that, you know, they've only, I think, both got one year left. Uh, and then Nussmeyer would be the comparison to Jackson Dart. Um, and then Walker would be behind them, you, you would think. But, um, you know, Walker might have more of an opportunity to end up competing, you know, earlier uh, in his career at Ole Miss than maybe he would have at LSU, especially if Garrett Nussmeyer stays uh, for a couple of more years than, and doesn't, and he didn't think he'd be able to pass him over, then, you know, um, it ends up being a better situation for him to get on the field early at Ole Miss, perhaps. Um, but when he, saw, when he saw this morning, he thought, well, it's certainly going to be quite the quarterback competition there at Ole Miss. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who ends up actually being a quarterback there when LSU plays them, you know, this fall. Because, like you mentioned, maybe Jackson Dart leaves, although that gets complicated transferring for a second time. And so we'll see how it shakes out. Um, I don't have really strong opinions about it. I guess my, the only question other that I would ask you is then why do you think he made the decision? Like, I guess when you go into a decision that it's kind of in a lot of similarities, I guess, you know, look, you, I know that you know things and you've heard things. So have I. And, and they're not lining up to the actual actions of what's playing out in reality. I guess when you put what you hear versus what's being said, you know, out on the street, and you might know something you probably do more, know more than me, but just tell me, like, are you surprised by what's going on in all of this from LSU with Walker Howard, even into Ole Miss? Like, is there any kind of surprise with you at all? The surprise for me uh, would maybe be the timing of it. Um, I don't know if I know more than, than you do on this. I haven't had the, you know, the chance to talk to, you know, talk to Walker um, or even his dad, Jamie, um, you know, and so, they, you know, we don't, we haven't heard directly from, you know, either of them on, you know, sort of what the reasoning was behind this. Uh, the timing, what was maybe a little bit thing that was surprising because of course we've talked all off season, everybody has about LSU football, like somebody leaving once Jaden came back, would it be Nussmeyer, would it be Walker? And I think it was maybe a surprise for certainly some <laughs> on the LSU staff that Walker left, you know, and left when he did. You know, Brian Kelly had come out publicly after the Citrus Bowl, of course, and said that they expected all three quarterbacks going into the spring. Um, they'd already had those conversations, and it sounded kind of wrapped up. And so then for a few weeks after that, for into that part was, was a little bit different because they definitely had, had those conversations, um, and they expected them, you know, back on the roster. Um, but for a, one of these quarterbacks to leave at some point before 2023 season wasn't a surprise right. um, it, it, at, at all, certainly. And so, um, it, you know, he gets to try to you know go somewhere else and, and earn some more playing time. And um, it's certainly one of the more surprising developments of this uh, transfer season for LSU. But um, it's kind of is what it is at this point. LSU got some big news today by, you know, obviously once, you know, got some guys leaving. You had two guys leave yesterday or, or, or commit, and then you had Cordell Thomas leave yesterday. But LSU feels a massive need at linebacker, especially the off-ball position, and today getting Omar Speeds. I guess what what can you tell us about him and anything that you've seen on him? I mean, obviously a first-team Pac-12 guy, but obviously Wilson, he, he's he's got to come in and be an instant starter. Wouldn't you agree with that? He does, and I think he will be. It's reasonable to expect 
that he is going to slide right in next to Greg Penn at linebacker. This lets LSU do a couple of things. You know, uh, Whit Weeks, who's got a lot of buzz kind of building around him after what he did at the All-American game in the senior season that he had. He's going to be an early enrollee, which certainly helps. There's a lot of buzz, but it's tough to ask a freshman uh, to come in right away and play, especially at a linebacker, at a position like inside linebacker, where you need to know a lot of calls. you got to be able to fit the run. There's so much that goes into that. And they don't have to speed up his development. They don't have to speed up the development of Christian uh, Brathwaite who comes in, you know, in the right. summer. Um, those guys can can be brought along at a natural pace. And then, you know, even West Weeks, who's already here, doesn't necessarily need the same amount of development, but he doesn't have to get thrust right into a starting role. He can compete for that maybe and continue to be a rotational guy. Now you've got some depth. And the biggest thing to I think that it does is that it means that LSU doesn't have to really mess with moving Harold Perkins inside. You know, it can still do that. Certainly, if it wants to, if Matt House decides and Harold, you know, that seems like the natural progression, then, then great. But Matt House said, you know, uh, before the Citrus Bowl, I asked him about that. Where do you see Harold playing? And he said he's versatile enough to play inside, but they like to play, kind of want to use him the same way they did this year as an um, outside linebacker, free flowing, be able to continue to pass rush and use that part of his game that is so dynamic and different from really anything else that you see in college football. Um, you lose that if you move him inside and he's got to stop the run and all those kinds of things. He doesn't get used as a pass rush in the same way. And so he can continue to be that outside linebacker. You can move him inside if you want to, but you don't have to. And this is a guy who comes in who's able to do a lot of different things. I uh, haven't dove in the tape a lot yet, but um, one of my uh, former colleagues at the Advocate, Devin Jackson, who does some good stuff looking at draft prospects, pulled up some tape of him. He's someone who's covered guys in the slot out at linebacker, um, and he's able to tackle in space well. Uh, and I think there's some promising things that you like about him. And I mean, to be a guy who had started for three years straight uh, as a full-time starter, really began to start his freshman year, over 300 career tackles. Um, with that kind of experience, being a first-team All-Pac-12 guy, uh, this is a really big pickup for LSU to be able to fill that last big remaining need. <laughs> Wilson, I was joking earlier about the transfers you got 11 of them 10 of them on defense one of them on offense I think you pretty much know what Brian Kelly is going after are you surprised LSU hasn't added any offense more offensive weapons or offensive guys I mean I know that everybody's returning and I get that but you're still we're at the 62 63 scholarship mark like you could have gone and gotten some more depth pieces offensively are you surprised that they didn't really go after more guys other than Aaron Anderson in the portal offensively? Not really. Um, you know, even back in the, uh, earlier December when I was talking to sources about, you know, what kind of things LSU was looking for, offense didn't come up a whole lot. They might still, um, you know, try to look in the portal for a veteran tight end. Um, getting Kamorian Pimpton was really helpful. That's not, you know, necessary now per se, but if they were to get somebody to kind of help bridge the gap, who they really liked at tight end, they might do that. So those three freshmen don't have to get thrust into things right away alongside Mason Taylor. Um, but they feel really good about what they have coming back on offense. And the fact that John Emery came back, uh, right. didn't go pro, you know, you don't need to add another running back now. Um, and so I think because of the guys who came back, you know, that, that just, they didn't need to go and find more players out of the transfer portal. Of course, they looked at Renfro, the center, um, from Cincinnati, who ended up uh, choosing Wisconsin. So that would have been another offensive guy if he had gone to LSU. Um, but it's just not as – you have so much returning production on the offensive side and guys coming in behind them 
that they really, really like as freshmen, which is really philosophically what they want to do. You know, they want to bring in these freshman classes and stack them on top of each other. And because they've signed those pieces uh, really all across the offense, um, they just didn't they don't feel, they feel the need to pursue a lot of transfer uh, offensive players. This comes in from the text line, the AYS text line. Will says, hashtag ask Wilson. Excuse me, his wording's not really up to par. He says, Wilson, when Ed Orsron, in his last couple of seasons, Ed Orsron was rotating in offense and defensive coordinators. Now Brian Kelly doesn't have any on-field staff guys leaving. Have you seen that in your career, Wilson, to kind of add on to this? Have you seen a coach really not have to go through much turnover at LSU since you've been here? I mean, because Ed, <laughs> God bless him, he went through a lot of it. Now Brian Kelly is the polar opposite. Well, since I've covered LSU, all I've had seen was turnover because I came in uh, the 2019 season was my first year, and obviously we saw turnover. More turnovers that. in a bakery, baby. More yeah, turnovers Dave Miranda leaving and Joe Brady leaving and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then, of course, the last two years, being, you know, new coordinators and stuff, it, it, that's all I had seen. Uh, so to compare it to LSU in my time around here, I wouldn't be able to. Um, but this isn't necessarily uncommon unusual right yeah i mean you certainly he's not going to be able to keep his entire staff together especially if they keep winning forever um mm -hmm. but i mean you look across uh college football and you know you're usually able to keep coaches for a couple of seasons certainly um i mean georgia has, has done that when you know we heard so much kind of about their staff and all that leading up to the national championship and um you know they had a good bit of continuity uh, in their staff. And so they're able to do it. And you have to consider the fact that LSU pays these insistence incredibly well. Right. Uh, they are compensated near the top of their positions across the country. And so it's rare that someone would maybe make a lateral move. Um, but LSU also is built into their contracts this way where um, they don't have to uh, pay as much of a buyout if they're getting promoted somewhere. And Brian Kelly said himself, if somebody is going to get promoted and have a bigger, you know, opportunity, whether that's going from position coach to coordinator, coordinator to head coach, or, you know, back to the NFL or something like that for somebody that he would be supportive of that. And so um, it's not, it's not. A I had a, I had an SEC coach about two years ago or three years ago, I think, um, who had interviewed for my alma mater at Southeastern. And he literally told me, he goes, Blake, I would be making 750000 less dollars a year. No, I think I'm going to decline. <laughs> so, I mean, like these guys are getting offers, but he's like, look, I'll fold towels for a living if I'm going to make the money I'm making now. All right, Wilson Alexander from The Advocate joins us. Uh, Wilson, when we sit here in August and we bring you on the show or, or the first week in September, are, are we looking at a playoff team with LSU? I know it's January, but are we looking at a playoff team in your opinion? Oh man, oh man, it's so far out. I don't, I don't like to look that far into the future um, because we just don't know how things are going to shake out around the country. You know, mm -hmm. who's Alabama going to be playing at quarterback and and all those sorts of things. I'll say this: I think that it is a team, um, especially because of what they brought in on the defensive side. Some of these transfer portal additions, we'll have to see how everything kind of comes together in spring practice and how they're feeling. Um, you know, then and, and even into the preseason. Um, but I, some of these guys look really, really promising. And so I think they've addressed the holes that they had on the defensive side. Um, and I think it's a team that can maybe stay in the hunt for us for a college football playoff spot, 
um, pretty late. It's going to be, uh, you know, one of the favorites, maybe the favorite coming out of media days to win the West. And um, we'll see though. We'll see. I don't want to, I don't want to put any predictions on it in January. <laughs> well, but so I think it's going to be a competitive team that, you know, is going to be, you know, in the hunt and, and maybe if it can, maybe it can get there. Um, but it's also not the end of the world in year two. If it, if it doesn't, as much mm-hmm. as LCU fans would like to see that, um, it, it's, it would still be a, ahead of schedule if even, I mean, they were what number five in the country in late November uh, this year. Um, that's going to be hard to re- repeat, but I think LSU does have the capability, especially if it beats Florida State Week One, to kind of stay around there and and be in the conversation. We'll see. They're not going to remember what you say in January. I lie. They remember everything you say. Don't believe nobody. All right, I lied. Last one. Who's who hits the first home run for LSU? Well, we're about a month away from LSU baseball. Who do you think tees it off first? Let me go with Tommy White. Oh, man. I'm with you. I said the same thing. I was like, hey, if Dylan Cruz hits before him, if whoever's three, okay, sign me up. You know, like flip-flop. I'm with you. He's, okay. Yeah, he's got some – Some. He's. Got, I've heard he's got, you know, power to all fields. Uh, someone on the uh, team told me that he's – you know, he he think that he's sort of – he's like second late on a fastball and he still rockets it out to right center. He's got so much power. First one, I'll, I'll say him. Yeah. That uh, Miami game when he hit he, – he had the trio and all of them went to right. He went oppo on three home runs. That's insane, man. Yeah. Kids is special. All right, Wilson Alexander from The Advocate. Wilson, thank you so much, buddy, for joining us. We'll have you on again very soon. All right, Blake, thanks for having me. Have a great rest of your night. You too, man. All right, that's Wilson Alexander. Always fantastic in everything that he does. Now. Can somebody pull up the Bulls 1991 intro? He's coming up next. You've been asking. Memphis Spence going to join us next. But I just to recap on what Wilson said, I agree with him. It, it is a little far out, but we'll see. We'll see. Let's talk, though, very quickly about our good friends over at Synergy Resources. Synergy Resources LLC. You can go find everything that they do over at SynergyResLLC.net. You need pipes, hoses, fittings. They're like Pastor Shirley, that, Pastor, that Pooh Bear talked about earlier. They got it all. Greens, beans, tomatoes, you know, all of it. <laughs> they got it all. But go talk to our good friend Tully over at Synergy Resources. Synergy Resources or Synergy, R-E-S-L-L-C dot net. All right. So talk about good friends over the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. We return with 45 seconds. Memphis Spence. But hold on. Pooh Bear says, due to copyright, the Bulls intro will not be played. Oh, that's true. I didn't think about that. Thank you for saving me. 45 seconds. We return. Memphis Spence next by the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Whether you've been injured in an accident, you're preparing for a future with your estate planning, you're getting ready to close in on a real estate deal, or you're about to welcome a new addition through adoption into your family, or you're facing criminal charges, you need very experienced attorneys, and that is what the Drake Williams Law Firm will be able to do for you in navigating the legal system. The door to their cozy office in historic downtown Ponchatoula has been open since 1981. They have helped thousands and thousands of Louisiana families and individuals win cases, close on real estate deals, and regain that peace of mind. Their lawyers over at the Drake Williams Law Firm, Ernie Drake III, Ryan J. Williams, and Summer Vignair are very determined, compassionate, and dedicated to their craft. It's the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. 
Give them a call today at 985-386-7600. Tell them your good friend Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. We're back. The man, the myth, legend. What do you got on in the background? Is that Micah Baskerville over your is. left shoulder? What you doing with the Micah Baskerville? What you doing with the Micah Baskerville interview on behind you? Well, so I'm 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 checking them out, man. So next next week, uh, I'll be at the uh, NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. It's one of the biggest things that Sports Radio America broadcasts. We do the radio. Uh, NFL Network does the TV. Uh, Mike is there. Micah back, and as a matter of fact, I'm glad I came on with you because I'm about to interview you about Micah. We've been sitting here mulling him over, trying to get him. Let's see if he can get into the NFL. Uh, you know, I mean, he's a uh, not bad, 80 plus tackles, 80 plus tackles uh, in those last couple of years, but um, some suspect uh, reading of uh, offense, <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> So, oh man, I was wondering. I was wondering how long it was going to take you. That's why I didn't say anything. Um, I, was, I, was, well, I was looking at him. I was just like, uh, hmm. He had. It, it's what is funny because he he has the build right. Six one. You know, two thirty five. Uh, right. B. Right. Can fly. Dude can really run. He, exactly. He has the speed. You know, he can mm-hmm. get there. If he knows where to go, there, it seemed as if there were a lot of times where he wasn't he wasn't identifying the play very well. Um, what? But seriously, Blake, what did you see? What did you see from him? I think you uh, should turn on. Years? I think you should turn on the Ole Miss game. So Ole Miss is a team okay. that pulls a lot of guard tackle combos, a lot of counter. Okay. I think as the season went on, and he. Here's here's what I here's what I know and believe. Okay. What I know is is Micah went through some situations at his time at LSU that kept him off the field. Okay. It also kept him off the field for taking first team reps. Right. And I think when you see high explosions from Micah Baskerville, the the last part of this past season from let's just call it Ole Miss on, especially against Bama. And in 2021, when I would say Bama again, when you go from Bama on and he does as well as he does, I think once this season started going and he didn't have to necessarily worry about school and all the other BS that you got to worry about and he just got – he had the ability to go and play, he's a problem. He's a real problem. You know, there there were times – where in the Georgia game that I think he got a little bullied, okay? But that's because his defensive line didn't give him a lot of help. I think right now, in my opinion, outside of having a strong weekend or strong time with you guys at whatever it is that he's doing, it has not – the biggest thing for him is going to be in the interview room. Great kid, great football mind. I think if he's just able to sit down and play football the entire time, Memphis, I'll make this projection. There's going to be somebody that gets hurt, the, the team that he gets drafted on. Somebody's going to get hurt, and he's going to start, and he's not going to come out the lineup. He's done that three straight seasons at LSU. How he just does that, I, I don't know. But he play, he 
if once he turns it on, the Ole Miss game was the best game that he's ever played. Like, okay. Okay. what he did now, and, the, and it was a lot of a product. Now, I'm talking a lot, but it's a lot of a product of his career. The game mirrored his career. Ole Miss came okay. out early. Juckins ran right at him. He actually got run over. But as the game got on, they ran a little jet, a, a little speed option with Juckins, and he got tracked down. And then he did some really good things. He had a massive pick six or massive. What guys was it a pick six against Florida in twenty one? You remember he the did big have, uh, interception? Yeah, I believe that was against Florida. I was well, just well, that game. well, uh, not just this year, but last year. Look, he, Florida. He he will be arrested on site if he steps site in Florida because he killed him every time. I mean, they will place him under arrest for homicide for killing Billy Napier's offense. Like he needs to get he needs to be placed under arrest for homicide for killing Billy Napier. That's all that I know. Yeah. Good yeah. kid. Good kid. All right. Thank you for letting us know what you're doing. That's really interesting. Glad that you were watching Michael Baskerville. All right. Spencer, got a question for you. Who in the good wide world is going to be on top of this uh, top next season? Like, I, I mean, it, it, this is the most wide open that I remember college football ever being. Am I wrong? No, no, you know, you're not. Um, right now, it's basically musical chairs. Musical chairs in the transfer portal. And when all the music stops, we can pretty much evaluate what's going to happen. I know Colorado's getting a lot of people through the transfer portal, but they're losing a lot as well. Um, they're not going to be – I'd be surprised if Colorado starts off top 10. Hold on, uh, hold on, now, hold on now. Say that again just so I'm hearing I'd it. I'd be surprised if Colorado starts off top 10 in the rankings next year. Well, um, as you say that, there's some breaking news. Okay. The former number one overall prospect in the country who got demoted – because he wasn't going to Miami. Carmani McClain just committed to Colorado. Oh, wait. Oh. <laughs> Dion did it again. Dion just pulled it off again. He literally, he literally, in back-to-back -back classes, went and got the number one corner in the country and got him committed. So if you hadn't heard, yeah. this is our breaking news. Uh, the top 10 then see so the thing about man we gotta colorado is colorado is gonna be one of those potential teams P spencer All i said this guys. i said this the other night see if you agree with this Pooh okay. bear my producer got on to me i think they're in the top 25 brother i think they start week one like regardless of where you're gonna put them because spencer they're adding too much in the portal like even if they're they lose the out even if they lose every game, the stuff that they're doing, that what now it's going to be what twenty two guys, and now you got, two, bro. If Carmani McLean starts at one corner and Travis right. Hunter starts at the other one, right, right, that's going to be that that that's that's legit. And so yeah, they'll probably end up in the top twenty five. Where I can't tell you if I were ranking them today, just based on what I know and based on that information, I'd give them a bump. But I'd still put them at like. 2019 20 um gonna need to see a lot more from them L look I, utah is very solid usc I, yeah if they go eight and four memphis he deserves he deserves coach of the year recognition 
Yes. Well, if he wins the Pac-12 year one, if he wins, he, he will he break will. college football. He'll break. He it. will get uh, coach of the year. I'll be voting for that. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I know that that he has his hands full there in Colorado. I guarantee you, Blake. It's not. It's not. He. It's not he peaches and roses, right? Out for him at J State. He really did. And. Colorado, even though they're trying to, this is a this is a different situation. I want to see how Dion takes this on, because if he comes out here, even if he finishes top three in the Pac-12 year one, that's quite an accomplishment. I mean, and you can ask a lot of those coaches there. It's not, it's still a competitive league. It ain't the SEC. It's not the Big Ten, you know, but it's still competitive. Um, and I, the teams there seem to play each other much better than they do everybody else. <laughs> like they play the SEC, they get stumped. But, you know, they play each other, and it's a, it's a game. You know, UL, UCLA, USC was a game. Uh, uh, USC, well, USC, Utah wasn't as much of a game as it should have been, but it's still a game. It's still a game. Um, if Colorado can stick their head in there, and there are, there are like – five, six legit programs still in the Pac-12. Two of them, of course, are going to the Pac-10. But, you know, if, if if Dion sticks his head in there, gets that talent where he wants it on the field, and they end up top three, I still think he's a candidate for Coach of the Year. Wins the Pac-12, I'm voting for him. I'll say that right on air right now. I agree with some of these comments are flying in, and I was going to tell you this anyway. The only yeah. thing that worries me with Dion, brother, you you win the game up front, right? Like you win the exactly. game up front, and he's not exactly. Spence. He's not recruiting well there. So either this is going to go exactly. really good for Dion, or or excuse me for saying this, shit's going to hit the fan really early, right? And, like, and look, I I, I would I give expect the latter, but if the former happens, look, I expect the the offensive and defensive line, and you know that we've talked about this, Blake. That's the bread and butter. If you don't have that, you can't do anything. You can put Tom Brady back there, but if you don't give him two seconds, you to did. Pass the they ball, did. I mean, look at the Bucks this year, Memphis. Exactly. I, I mean, look exactly. at them this year. So, exactly. And, you know, your quarterback only matters as much as your offensive line can give him time. Then I you mean, can let it, the quarterback do something. So, and, and I preach this. I go around preaching this, like, hey, what about the line? You know, because people forget about they're the unsung heroes in all of these championships, but every championship you see, you see like four or five offensive and defensive linemen go to the league. Why? Because those are the dudes getting the job done in the trenches. Jaden Rashada is also taking a visit to Colorado. Well, well, well. So, ne- so, Man, that's a well, so, so here's another thing. You mean to tell me all of a sudden Jaden Rashad is taking a visit? Now he wanted out of his LOI? Now, listen, Memphis, I'm going to say something. It's, I'm going to say something, and a lot okay. of people are going to rip me alive on this, but I know that you know because you run in the same circles that I do. Yeah. You know and I know Florida gave him that money. You know and I know that the deal was done and the money was there, and and – I, I hate to say this, but it's going to come out anyway. Excuse me for saying this, and I'm going to bleep me for bleep me. Dion is a okay. <laughs> that he he just is. 
So if they get Rashada, just throw, just throwing that out there. Now, 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 here's going to be ultimate thing with Dion. Then we can move on from him if we if we if we want to. He's yeah. going to take a top five corner or a top overall corner from Florida State. He right. just did it in Miami, and he's about to take a quarterback from Florida. Yeah. If if <laughs> he's killing it in Florida, brother. And he will continue. That, honestly, that's the reason why about a third of the boosters, honestly, wanted him coaching Florida State. And there's a good contingent of them here that still do. And, I, you know, I, I and I understand why. Recruiting here, Dion's still a legend here, you know, and recruiting here for him would be easy. You can see, look how easily he's taking away to Colorado. Now, I don't do any skiing. Do you do any skiing? I'm just asking. I'm too fat to ski. Likewise, you know, I'll bust my knee out. So what else is there to do in Colorado? I'm well, also too poor to man, ski. There, there, There is something to do in Colorado that I don't do anymore. Um, but, you know, there's uh, – <laughs> outside of that – Shout out to that, shout out to thegrandco.com. Use your promo code AYS25. Outside of that, outside of that though, there's not that much to do in Colorado. You're taking these guys from the warmth and you know the beaches and everything else to go to Colorado to play football. You're a dog doing that. There are very few people, and that's honestly what you've seen with some of these older traditional programs. Colorado used to be. A really good program. Smash right. came from there, right. played on the stands for a while. I mean, there, it, it 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 used to be a traditionally good program, but you know it's hard to recruit there now because all these other cities and all the the, the South has really come along in in the past 20, 25 years. Right. And now, why wouldn't you play in the SEC if you could? Why wouldn't you play, you know, uh, in the lower states in the ACC if you could? Because that's kind of where you want to be. Getting to Colorado or some of those northern states, it's 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 still a call. If, if you're not Michigan, if you're not Ohio State, it's kind of hard. Nebraska's finding out. It's kind of hard to start, you know, recruit, even though you have all of the, 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 the pomp and circumstance behind you, all the tradition, it's still hard to recruit these days uh, up, up north. College, I want to transition here. College football is very chalky. Okay. It is. Very chalky. It always has been, always will be. That's why Georgia beats TCU 65-7. to I said it in the pregame. I said it in the postgame. It's always why they're going to do it. Right. But I will ask you this, Memphis, as a guy that watches a lot of SEC football, who's going to win the – I mean, it is pretty wide open. You know, like you – in the beginning of the season, in the beginning of the season, you knew Georgia was going to be really damn good. Okay. You knew Alabama could had the potential to be really good with Bryce Young. You yep. knew Brian Kelly was coming into town, but you didn't know what he had. They wind up winning the West, which was a surprise. Even though I had uh, on my depth chart, I know it was a little bit higher than everybody else last year, but I kind of had LSU at four. Um, in in the West, really in the West, you mean four in the West uh, or four overall? Four overall. Well, that's where they ended up. Uh, <laughs> and and you know he he ended up winning the West and I was just like that's that's amazing I thought that it was pretty much Georgia Tennessee came out of nowhere for me um, I thought it was Georgia uh, Alabama 
Texas A&M, and then LSU. I, if I was ranking them, and then right behind them, I have Kentucky and Tennessee. But um, I, Ole Miss did a little bit more than I thought they would. Uh, Mississippi State did New Bay. The thing that surprised me the most all year long was Alabama. Um, after winning a Heisman, you usually don't have that bad of a year the next year. Right. Bryce struggled, brother. Look, everybody talks he's, about – he struggled. I mean, I, he struggled, right? right? Am I the correct. only one that's willing to say that he actually struggled? No, he, I, I mean, mean, Memphis, he struggled. Pro Football Focus did this, analytic, this analytical stats. They do it at the end of every year for every uh, 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 draft quarterback in the yeah. top three rounds. Did you know when the score out, – out, take the Texas game out of it. Games that came down to one score or two – did you know that Bryce Young only completed 52% had 52% completion percentage? He had over 275 throws. And and he and, he, and that happened. He was not he did not play well. Now, he here's here See, let me tell you something Memphis. This is why I think like I is Bama going to be really good. Yes. I think they'll still be really good. Always. Mm-hmm. Name me name who they're going to throw the ball to. They're still going to be the youngest offensive line. They might – Memphis, here's the crazy thing. They might be have the youngest offensive line in the West. And now That's you're trying bad. to tell me with Ty Simpson and Jalen Milrow that you're going to fix it. Now, do I think Ty Simpson is a dude? Yes. Do yeah. I think Do I think that Milrow's a dude? Also, Yes. But you get to a situation where I start looking at this depth chart and start like, like Memphis. I start saying, like I said to this this uh, this to myself this morning or today. I, I was like, if this was any other team, any other team in the country, and you had this least amount of experience on a team, what would you say about Bama? What you would say is you don't really know what they're going to be offensively. If I take, if I take. Bama and that stellar Hall of Fame coaching staff away and let's say I take those same players and put them I put them in USC I would say that they're an injury away from four lost season and you know it's hard to coach up those next guys of course Alabama is one of the best at doing it but if you put that if you put that same skill set that that same roster with good coaches but maybe don't have the the, the staff behind them to coach up especially those position staff uh, uh, coaches you're 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 a starter away from from destruction really right you know uh, and and that's you you see that a lot sometimes some of that happened with Texas A&M this year. Um, some of it was abysmal coaching. But Alabama, if there's any team that I think next man up actually work, Alabama and Ohio State in terms of next man up, they year after year after year, they make themselves relevant. They, they, they fight through injuries or whatnot. But I hear what you're saying, Blake. Um, team's young. Very young. Young, vulnerable. 
They may not win the West again. When was the last time that Alabama didn't win the West two years in a row? Uh, it's never happened under Saban. They've never gone longer than they've never gone longer than two years, if I'm not mistaken. Guys, can y'all look that up right right quick? Maybe in the early years when Les was still running toss dive sweeps and you know <laughs> shit like that. Maybe maybe then, but it hasn't. Uh, here we go, 2010, 2011. There you go. So ten years ago, eleven years ago. So there you go. It things happen in cycles, and this might be another cycle. This Could it be. May, the way things are shaping up. Next year is going to be one of Alabama's hardest years to win the West. You know, it's not. There's no cakewalk. Jimbo is on the hot seat. You know. Uh, he's going to have to perform. He's he needs another win over Alabama. He needs he needs something. He needs something. Yeah, but um, Brian Kelly, he's not. <laughs> that was not a fluke. Right. Brian Kelly will beat Saban again, whether it's next year, or the year after. You can. That's going to be a battle. That's a chess match every year. Brian Kelly and Saban. That will be a chess match. I promise you. All right, Memphis. Year, All right, last two for you. Bobby Petrino goes to AM. Riley goes to Clemson. Uh, Bryles goes to TCU. I guess very quickly, rate those for us. How do you see those those coordinator hires uh, happening? Like, how do you think they I'm surprised they about the Bryles to TCU thing. I really am. Uh, knowing what, what happened there. Um, Sounds like a PR nightmare. Didn't think that's something that Sonny Dykes would do, but here we are. Um, he's going to have the best opportunity, though, out of all of them to to really add on to what TCU was. TCU probably out of – the recruiting at TCU is probably like 10 times what it was just three years ago. He's going to have some guys coming in there. He's going to be able to work with some guys. If the if the media and the um, circus that'll be around, you know, Bryles, if, if that dies down, if that, if that gets quelched at some point in time and he has some time to work, he's really going to – TCU could win the Big 12 again next year uh, and for the foreseeable future. Bobby Petrino is interesting. I didn't know that Bobby Petrino – I always see him as a head coach now. Seeing him as a coordinator, seeing, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be very interesting to watch that happen. Um, you may see some egos start, you know, jabbing at each other midseason because uh, Petrino's kind of a hothead and, you know, Jimbo, he's going to hold his own. Uh, but if they can keep their egos in check and get on the same page, that may be something that – that may be the key to AM actually being talked about late October, to be honest with you. If you if you turn it if you turn it around and AM only has one loss, you know, late October, it's probably because of that guy. Because if nothing else, that guy can run an offense. If nothing else, that no guy doubt. can run an offense. No, I and so, I agree with that. I, I don't think he's as bad as everybody says he is. Is he well, a is he a jerk? Bad things about him, but calling offenses, offenses aren't one of them. The game plans aren't one. Correct. I agree. 
So right. I'll say that. All right, um, and then I, Riley, I, you very quickly, uh, Riley to Clemson, surprised Dabo actually made that move? I am, and that's if, – if, if there's a question mark in this conversation, is that. Because I don't know what Riley's going to do there in, in Dabo's system. I honestly don't see that being successful. Oh, okay. But I want to reserve judgment on that until I actually start, you know, getting some information in from some of these uh, practices – let me look at the spring game. Um, I don't – I hate to say that that wasn't a good move, but it may be the only move that he, he could make at this point. And if it works out, it works out. But initially, the other two hires are better than that. I will, I will say this as we close out. Good – stubborn coaches don't make moves. Elite ones – like Dabo, like Saban, like Kirby, go out there and make changes when they know that they're in the wrong. Dabo knows that his offense was having issues. Garrett Riley was one of the best offensive coordinators in the country that he could probably go and get. So I, I do commend him for that. Memphis, we're over a little bit of time, but let everybody know where they can catch all of your stuff, especially we were talking about Micah Baskerville and everything y'all you guys are doing there. Well, next week... Actually, I'm going to pull you on my show next week. I'll be Do in it. L.A. next week uh, at the Rose Bowl doing my show um, Tuesdays and Tuesday and Thursday of next week, uh, live from the Rose Bowl. The NFLPA Collegiate Bowl is going to be next Saturday. Uh, we'll have uh, your man Baskerville. You'll have uh, Dre Jenkins is going to be there. The, the, uh, the most about- clutch player. I don't even have to look at the roster. The most clutch player in LSU's history. <laughs> Your man is clutch. The man's clutch. Uh, you know, he, you know, of you know, he all six touchdowns came in clutch in clutch time. I don't call it crunch yeah. time anymore. When Jeray well, Jenkins what, is involved, I call it clutch time, not crunch time. Dane Vandernat's the uh, director of scouting there uh, for the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. We 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 chop it up a lot of times. I'll bring him on my show sometimes. Um, we've been talking about him all season. I was like, he keeps making clutch plays. He's not one of the top fifty in receiving. But he keeps making clutch plays. He only had – I was looking at this. I was like, he has six touchdowns. Led the team. In, in, Led the team. It, 27 receptions. Mm-hmm. Six of them were touchdowns. The year before, 34 receptions. Six of them were touchdowns. I, that means something to me. That means that there were a couple of different quarterbacks that trusted him mm-hmm. in clutch situations, and he came through for him, and that's why he has those touchdowns. It'll be fun to watch. I'll be tuning in. All right, Memphis, we'll talk to you very soon, my friend. Thank you so much. Take care, my man. All right, that's Memphis Spence. The GOAT. The best, man. The GOAT. Literally. All right. Zach, get me out of here. We'll see you guys Saturday. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.